With franchise players Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger in tow, can the Dallas Stars head to the next level and go deep into the postseason? We'll discuss that, plus the odds that the Minnesota Wilds can run it back this season on a special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars. Both are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making both Locked on Stars and Locked on Wild, your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the course of the week. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started on today's episode of locked on wild and locked on stars we take a look at both the dallas stars and the minnesota wild as we get set for the start of the season with new locked on stars host joey erickson we'll discuss the odds that jason robertson and jake ottinger can lead the stars to a new level this season as well as some areas that the stars need to improve to try to uh, continue their winning ways we'll also talk about the minnesota wild as well as mentioned, my name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined by the new host of Locked On Stars and a fellow St. Cloud State Husky, mm-hmm. Joey Erickson. Joey, what's happening? Howdy. Uh, nothing much. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I've becoming acclimated to Wisconsin now after my four years in Minnesota. And uh, I know Minnesotans aren't huge fans of Wisconsinites, but uh, I consider myself one now, at least for the past two months. So I'm doing well. <laughs> Just excited for hockey to be back as well. Training camp and all the preseason games are back into action, which is which is good news. Yeah, it's it's great to have things back into a normal flow. And for you, you get the double whammy of being a Wisconsinite and also mm-hmm. covering the Dallas Stars. And so Wild fans, uh, we'll we'll have some good fun uh, oh, yeah. with this rivalry as we have for the last uh, couple of seasons for sure. So, Joey, let's talk about the Stars. I'm curious Mm. with your perspective, having now dove in um, and kind of getting acclimated to covering this team, as we get set for the start of this season, looking back at what happened with Dallas last year, where they ended up getting upended by the Vegas Golden Knights. What are some areas that the Stars need to shore up this season to try to take that next step beyond where they went? last year yeah i i think the the main key and i think a lot of stars fans would echo this is defensively they just got to sure up on the back end uh they were a little bit thin compared to a team like vegas and that seems like that's kind of the bar you got to meet with their defensive groups they were just so deep they had tons of size and mobility and the stars really struggled with with fast pace off the rush play, especially with guys like Essel and Dell and Yanni Hockenpah. That was a pairing that really, really struggled, especially 
against Vegas. I went back and rewatched some of the games against the Golden Knights and Kraken, and that pairing especially got torched just because uh, when Vegas and Seattle was coming downhill, it was really, really tough to, to stop. So uh, I, I think defensively is probably the biggest concern because you got to feel pretty good about your forward depth, probably the, the best you feel about it in about five years or so. And even Pete DeBoer mentioned before training camp about you know, they had a good depth last year, but he thinks they're going to be instead of maybe three lines, actually four lines being able to chip in offensively, which is going to be huge. But uh, it looks like they're going to split up your Lindell and Hockenpah, which are two of your defensemen that are just not mobile enough. Right. Especially in today's NHL. Uh, they're not as fleet footed and they're not as mobile. So they really struggled. And it looks like they're going to split them up and you're going to play them with a guy like Thomas Harley, who came up at the end of last season and kind of broke out. Uh, in the playoffs for the stars he's going to play with hawk and pot looks like and then niels lundquist who they're hoping is going to become an everyday established defenseman in the nhl he played 60 games last year but then was a healthy scratch throughout the playoffs they had a little bit of a tight leash on him so uh you know my biggest concern is the the defensive depth uh are they going to have it this year who's going to rotate in and out because i i think uh from an overarching very broad perspective you got to fantastic number one netminder and you got good forwards up depth and you got some young guys too that are contributing and they have that kind of balance right now where they got some of these young guys and the veterans that can get the job done it was a successful season last year that's for sure but for the first time too it feels like as a stars fan uh, you're not feeling the pressure of making the playoffs where in years past it was you know are we going to get in and i'm sure some minnesota wild fans can feel that too where it's like yeah you know maybe we'll get a wild card spot we'll be a tough out if we get in uh and last year was the first time in years where they played at the top three of the western conference for 90 percent of the season and and with a month to go you're not worrying like oh we got to win three out of five here in the final month in, in order to get in so it was a nice feeling and i think uh you know i expect to make the playoffs pretty easily and you know we're not gonna have to worry and of course injuries and all that good stuff plays into it but uh, I think you got to feel really good about where they're at right now uh, and, uh, and and hopefully they can sure up some things defensively it'll help too it's year two of Pete DeBoer uh, you know so everybody kind of knows what to expect uh, I don't think a lot of us thought it was going to click as fast as it did but that just seems to be the nature of the NHL too where it's a coaching carousel and new guys go somewhere and it works right away so that was a good fortune for for the stars for sure now one of the big additions of the offseason was Matt Duchesne. And I'm going to stress mm. this as much as I can. I'm using this uh, anecdote, but mm. not meaning it in the way that it's going to sound. Okay. Is that the stars are hoping the old adage of one man's trash is another man's yeah. treasure mm -hmm. proves true for Duchesne because the <laughs> Predators were like, we got to get this guy off the roster. And Dallas mm -hmm. says, oh, okay, we'll take him. So what can we expect to see? from Matt Duchesne in Dallas this season. Yeah, I know. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, but I, I think it's exciting and very interesting because you're probably going to see him in more of like your Jamie Ben role where you're hoping to have a, you know, a rejuvenation of him where he's probably going to play less and hopefully he contributes uh, at a higher level because that's what Jamie Ben did. He played about two minutes less than he ever did in previous seasons. And uh, he had a, an incredible kind of, they kept calling it the Renaissance, right? Um, I, I think what I'm really intrigued about too, is because, uh, you know, 56 points last year, leading score for the Preds, but I think he's really going to fit in nicely with Sagan and Marchment. I, I think he just fits like a glove. 
And DeBoer loves kind of those hybrid centers and wings. Uh, he's good in the face-off dot, which is very important. Puck possession in this Pete DeBoer, you know, that's what he's all about. Like, less dump and chase and things like that. He's a great possession guy. And I think he'll help a lot on the, the power play. I think he had 15 power play goals a couple of seasons ago. Only five uh, last year. Uh, but who knows how that Predators <laughs> power play was. Of course, you got Yossi distributing the puck. But other than that, I don't think he had you know, a wonderful personnel around him. So, and he'll, and he'll probably be on the second power play unit. And to have a guy like that, that has the potential to score double digit goals on the power play is very, very intriguing. And look, uh, you know, he is far and away from his prime. Uh, but, he, you know, we've seen it now with, especially in Dallas, guys like Pavelski and, you know, your early thirties is not what it used to be. You can still be a high level player. Uh, and, yeah, maybe uh, the stars found some magic here in, in Duchesne. And, you know, he's hungry, which helps. He's never won a cup. He, he I don't think he's really gotten that close either. Uh, and you and you join a list of stars that haven't either. And you're Ryan Suters, Minnesota Wild favorite, by the way. And uh, <laughs> and you're Pavelski. So a ton of, uh, a ton of uh, intriguing storylines with him. But I, I think it'll be cool just because, you know, he's like going to be a third line winger for you. I, I think that's that's a, a good sign for the, for the stars. Yeah, that's that's an outrageously good spot for him, yeah. and it's going to create some matchup nightmares for opponents. Mm -hmm. So, best of luck in Dallas, and mm -hmm. you know, for Nashville, they get to do now what Minnesota is doing, which is to live with the buyouts. So, mm -hmm. good luck there. <laughs> yep. Uh, we will flip and uh, discuss the Minnesota Wild as we continue today's special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars. After this. Is there anything better on a college football Saturday or an NFL Sunday than sitting on the couch, whipping open your phone, and ordering your favorite food and having it brought directly to you? We know all about DoorDash. We've used it a million times over the last few years. But what if I told you you can now get grocery delivery that actually delivers too? With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want them. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. Limited offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to today's special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Make sure before the season starts, you subscribe on YouTube, all of your favorite podcast platforms, so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And more importantly, any team news. We know how much things can change day to day in the NHL. So make sure that you check out both shows so that you're up to date when the season starts in October. All right, Joey, mm -hmm. your turn to grill me on uh, yeah. Minnesota Wild-related <laughs> questions. I am all ears. Okay, uh, I, I do want to start here because uh, I know there was some concerns uh, maybe uh, about the bench boss in Dean Evanson. Uh, he's a guy that 
just a quick little spiel for me is that, you know, I, I think he embodies Minnesota. I really do like the, the type of style he wants to play. Uh, but it really hasn't translated, I guess, towards, you know, playoff time and certain things like that, that we've seen in the last few seasons. You know, what is your take uh, on Dean Evanson and the type of job he's done since he's been at the helm? Well, you're spot on in that it seems like the regular season success has been tremendous. This is a team that with $14 million just floating off in the distance, Mm -hmm. uh, they have managed to, in back-to-back seasons, win 53 and 46 games. And so obviously there is something that is working in the regular season. Now there are a couple of other variables uh, that come into play. The level of opponent that you're playing is certainly one of them. Sometimes you catch a team on the second night of a back-to-back. There are a few different things that come into play, but this team has over the last few seasons, especially uh, really done a good job of winning games and finding a style that mm-hmm. wins them those games. Postseason is a different story because now we have, uh, I, I think it's four different postseasons, one of which was in the bubble. Um, we have seen against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Wild lose in seven games in a game in which Jonas Brodeen ended up leaving the game early and the team just was not able to overcome that type of a loss. But we have, in the last two postseasons, seen six-game exits that have largely looked the same. Mm-hmm. The St. Louis Blues two years ago, it was Kirill Kaprizov and friends, a team <laughs> yeah. that had a two-games-to-one lead and watched it evaporate and disappear because the opposing coach made a ton of changes and tried to attack things in a different light. Last year, it was a supporting cast that helped out Kirill Kaprizov, who was still trying to get back to 100% after getting injured in the regular season, had a team had a two games to one lead, and it evaporated. Mm. Special teams has been bad uh, the last two postseasons especially, and it just seems like there aren't a lot of adjustments on the home side when you get into games that matter most, when you're mm. going up against an opponent multiple times in a row to where they can look at film and say, okay, they did this in this game. So let's go to something else for the next game to try to attack them in a different, different manner. And I heard this uh, when Gerard Gallant was let go by the New York Rangers, Um, a, a national radio show host was talking about the reasons that the Rangers were not as successful as they could have been. It's because, They said, well, Gallant has his style that he plays, and if you beat his style, tip of the cap, right back to what we were doing the next night. And I was just sitting there, and I'm like, bingo. That's Dean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dean's got a style that he plays that will win you a lot of games, but if the team that you're playing ends up beating you, it's a tip of the cap and it's mm-hmm. kind of right back to what got you there. So that's, I think, one of the big issues. The other is just, it seems like a lack of willingness to get younger players involved. I mean, yeah. we had Marco Rossi last year, Kalen Addison last year as well. Uh, he seems to much more, uh, much more heavily rely on veteran players mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get it done. And so with the team that is, you know, hampered financially to the point that it's it's going to be tough for this team to be a serious Stanley Cup contender until mm-hmm. these buyouts are gone. 
it would lead you to believe that you should kind of try to see what you have with young players yeah. and give them better opportunities. And we just, we have not seen it really over the, uh, the last couple of years. And so I think those are the two big rubs for fans mm-hmm. with Dean Evison. And so if he kind of softens in both of those instances, then uh, I think we could maybe see a little bit of a uh, change of heart for wild fans. But at this point, you know, until that stuff changes, yeah. The, the general consensus from a lot of fans is is kind of that annoyance at those two big issues. And, and I think that kind of perfectly segues into a bit to my next question. I wanted to ask you, because I, I was hearing about it ever since I feel like I entered college, right? Marco Rossi, you know, we got Sammy Walker. You know, when are those guys going to, you know, finally get their opportunity? You know, who would you think is really going to finally have that big contribution or, or the big season? Because it feels like you'll really need one of those guys, you know, a few of those guys to hit with the cap situation. You got to have young talent. That's cheap, right? <laughs> who, who would you, you know, cause you've been waiting for Rossi forever. Uh, you know, what are your expectations for him? Is he going to be an everyday NHL player this year? Uh, that's the hope. Mm-hmm. He is at this point kind of lined up to be at least to start a third liner, for this team and credit to him in the off season. He stayed in uh, Minnesota the entire off season was working with uh, the strength and conditioning coach and the wild skating coach as well. Uh, he put on something like 15 pounds of muscle to help win some of those battles along the boards and not be a player that can just kind of get moved off the puck. But it does feel for me. And I know there's kind of this rush to, throw the bust label on players yeah i do just really feel like this season is one where we're gonna have to see something from rossi because it's it's pretty evident that he is better than an ahl player with what he's done in iowa the last couple of seasons he just has lit iowa uh ahl competition up so it's pretty clear that he is not an ahl player but we just haven't seen things translate at the NHL level yet. And it doesn't have to necessarily be points because I know points is a, it sometimes is tricky to tack those to a player Mm -hmm. to determine success. But with NHL players, it seems like you, what you see, if you see it, you know that they are NHL players. And Mm -hmm. so, if we could just see a guy who looks like he belongs at the NHL level, that was kind of what set Brock Faber apart, what set oh, yeah. Matt Boldy apart, uh, Sammy Walker as well, uh, a player who had uh, a nice call up last year. They just look like guys that belong. And so if we can get that from Rossi this year, I think that's going to be a huge sigh of relief for fans, mm-hmm. for the organization, because if he has another stretch like that where he comes up and it just doesn't look like you would hope it would, then I don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's interesting because uh, of course, a guy that's so highly touted and drafted that high, you expect him to, be, you know, he's going to have 80 points in the NHL every year and that's what you want, but sometimes it's just not the way it pans out. Uh, and some guys just have to be role players. And, you know, in Dallas, we, we understand the whole points, uh, the overblown situation, the Sagan and Ben, they're not living up to their contracts, yada, yada, yada. That's just like the nature of it, uh, unfortunately, with what they're being paid. I guess one more for you. You can touch on it quickly, too. Uh, I, I'm interested in the in kind of the goaltender situation because, of course, Gustafson, I think he's 
probably taking control, right? He's the number one now. Uh, you think Flurry still has it in him? Is he is he is, is he still able to to be the old flower we're used to seeing? I think he can give that in punches. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I I feel like the the split and the decision to go with with Gustafson being the guy, um, and Flurry being the backup, I think is going to really help mm-hmm. this team because. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go the route of saying like oh Flurry's terrible yada 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 because he had yeah. some great games this past season, but you just are kind of rolling the dice more the older a player gets and yeah. especially somebody who is as mobile and demonstrative in net as Mark Andre Flurry is yeah. <laughs> chaotic is a fantastic he's word like a little Marty it. Turco in him where he's <laughs> it's it's yeah. an adventure mm-hmm. and you just kind of hold your breath and hope <laughs> that by the time the puck is iced that everything is okay yep. um but he can still he can still be a good change up to mm-hmm. Philip Gustafson I just would like to see and I've I've heard comments from Dean Evison that they're going to give both guys opportunities out of the gate which mm-hmm. is smart because yeah. you don't want to overload one guy or the other right off the bat but that then as the season goes on they'll kind of take from how each guy is playing who gets what starts and if we just go based off of what they did last year philip gustafson should run away with this yeah competition and so if he gets 45 if he gets 50 starts i, I think i just would like to see Gustafson get the big opportunities, you know, yeah. the first the first game of a back to back or the game against the tougher opponent mm-hmm. in a back to back, starting off a tough road trip. Um things like that that just are indicators of hey, he's the guy, yeah, he's exactly. the one that's going to get these mm-hmm. opportunities. Um and so, you know, whatever the start split ends up being, just uh, roll with Gus Bus anytime yeah. you get a tough opponent and you're in a must-win situation. Because that's the other thing about number one goalies, as you are familiar with, um, and Stars fans are familiar with, with Jake Ottinger, having a guy who can stop a losing streak, who can limit yeah. an opponent to one goal when you're struggling to score. Any of those things, if Gustafson gets the opportunities in those situations to help keep this team afloat and on track, that's what a number one guy does. Very important. And, you know, you can give up three in the game, but when there's five minutes left to go and you're up by one, can you get that stop, right? You, you got to yeah. get that stop. And, and yeah, I mean, you got to think too, like who's your game seven netminder? Who are you rolling with? And uh, I think Gustafs is a terrific netminder. I mean, he's still so young. Uh, and you got another one in the pipelines with Wellstad. I know people are very, uh, very excited about too. Yeah, the uh, the future is bright for, mm. uh, for the Minnesota Wild between the pipes. And the hope is that that will keep them up near the uh, top of the division standings, which we are going to discuss to finish today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Once again, make sure you subscribe to both shows on your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube. The season is getting ever closer Mm -hmm. and you don't want to miss out on any Big news for either the Minnesota Wild or the Dallas Stars. So make sure to follow along. We will keep you up to date with everything that you need to know, such as Central Division standings. Oh, yeah. We've got a uh, we've got an interesting assortment of Mm -hmm. uh, teams that are in the Central Division, Joey, where whether it be the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who are Connor Bedard is going to help. 
But (laughs) they're still a ways away from really climbing to the top. So you've got Mm -hmm. them on one end. You've got Dallas and Colorado fighting at the top. I still am of the belief that the Minnesota Wild have enough to where if you're going to tear this out, you've got Dallas and Colorado up here. You got a little bit of a space and the Minnesota Wild slot in underneath. And then you've got St. Louis, you've got Winnipeg, you've got Nashville. Um, All are going to be fighting for the scraps. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, I'm going to, I'm going to put it that way because (laughs) it's just, it's a weird kind of a mix between all Mm -hmm. of those teams. They have equal parts, kind of young talent, equal parts, just weird fits and equal parts, old veterans. And so I'm, I'm kind of of the belief that those guys will be fighting maybe to the end of the season for a potential wild card spot. Mm -hmm. But I think we're going to, again, see Dallas, Colorado, and Minnesota uh, up at the top of the division. I I just don't really see anybody that challenges that. Uh, I I would completely agree with you too. It it really is weird because there's some teams that are kind of basically just right at the beginning of their rebuild. Right with uh, your Arizona and your and your Chicago's who are hoping to get better in the future, and then, you know, I I feel like every team as well just has question marks. Like, you know, I mean, Colorado's going to be without Landeskog. How's that going to look? I mean, still they got tons of talent. I get that, but they did lose some guys in the off season. I mean, who knows what the stars are? Not the most defensive depth, and is Ottinger going to hold up for another year, <laughs> having to kind of be the man and and kind of you know clean up every mess and. Uh, I, I would, I would completely agree. I think it's really interesting. I would put the stars and, and, uh, and the avalanche up top and Minnesota right in that third spot. Um, it's not as deep as a division as we've been accustomed to. And it's, there's probably not as much parity. Um, I, I could only see three central division teams making the playoffs. You know, I think the Pacific is going to be pretty deep with, with LA and, and Edmonton and who knows with Calgary with Suter now finally leaving like their Sutter's gone. So is that offense going to turn around? I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll get better net minding. That wasn't, they need that for sure. So uh, there could only be three teams coming out of the central. Uh, there could be five <laughs> because right. like who knows with Nashville too, because they're not, you know, rebuilding, but they're just kind of in this transition now with getting rid of Johansson and Duchesne. Uh, Saros is still a great net minder too. Uh, he can carry that team. And of course in, in Winnipeg, you got that Rick bonus who was leading the central division for like 85% of the year before that collapse <laughs> in the final I, month, they should not even have been in the playoffs. No, <laughs> and, Yeah, they should not, should not have been there. It was, that was a really bad, really bad final month for them. Um, and yeah, what's that going to look like? His bonus didn't make a lot of friends in his final month there. No, he uh, he certainly told it how it was. <laughs> the only problem is that a lot of the players on the team did not want to hear what <laughs> yeah. he thought was wrong. So mm-hmm. you've got that. And I don't know about you, but if there's one team that's going to kind of shock and surprise, I'm fully on the Arizona Coyotes bandwagon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I love the moves that they made because they have such a great young offensive core. Mm-hmm. They uh, supplemented it with fantastic vets. Jason Zucker, one of my favorite players all time. Mm -hmm. You add him in. You've got Nick Bugstad, who is sneaky good as a bottom six guy. You get Matt Dumba. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like if there's one team that can kind of gel together and emerge from a bunch of teams that just really don't know what they are, I feel like it's Arizona. And I I might be a year or two early on this, but Mm -hmm. if there was ever a, if there was ever a time (laughs) for a team to rise above just the chaotic mess, that is going to be four through six in this division. If there's ever a time for a team to crawl through and emerge, it's this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's always that one team, right? There's always that one team that that turns heads. And uh, with Logan Cooley, and we saw his unreal goal <laughs> in the preseason, like he looks every bit of of the part. And uh, I'm sure a lot of Minnesotans are familiar with him. And he terrorized the Huskies for quite a bit too, <laughs> as a as a Golden Gopher. So. Yeah, you, you never know, and, and they got the, yeah. You, you kind of have that mix, and and two, they they have nothing to lose, and that's sometimes the most dangerous team to play, right? They're not expected to do anything, so yeah, they're going to come out there and punch you in the mouth, and uh, you know they they say this a lot in the NFL. You know, the Cowboys fans, you know, talk about the opponent. They pay their players too, right? They're not going to just lay down. Right. They get paid, so <laughs> they're going to come, and uh, you know they got nothing to lose, and they could be very dangerous. But yeah, I. I I would agree with you too. Uh, that is that may be a dangerous team. Or maybe just becoming the wild of the South now too, with Bukestad uh, <laughs> and Zucker all all heading down there. And Dumba, it, it is mm-hmm. really the uh, the wild West. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on how you look at it, there are just so many players. It seems like that circulate through Minnesota to uh, other spots. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. But that will wrap up for today's episode. Joey, thank you for joining. Wild fans, make sure if you're looking for a little mm-hmm. bit on the Dallas Stars that you uh, give Joey a follow um, and follow along with Locked on Stars. Either way, make sure you follow both shows and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes, which come your way every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.